0: Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us for the third episode in our series entitled Finding Your Purpose in the Body of Christ. We are your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton, and we really do appreciate you tuning in. Thus far in this series, we've addressed the need for each of us to discover why we're here, for each of us to identify a meaningful purpose in life. That's not only true for every human being on the planet, but also for every Christ follower.
1: Absolutely. And specifically, we are speaking about the need for every Christian to identify his or her purpose in the church. Right. Hence the title of the series. Finding Your Purpose in the Body of Christ.
0: Very true. Each one of us has a role to fill in the body of Christ, the church. Discovering that role begins when we identify the gifts God has given us. So what are the gifts that God has given you, which you can employ in the service of the Lord and his church? That's the question we hope listeners are able to answer after we spend a little time talking about it.
1: Right. And one thing we've said in the first two podcasts in this series and which we are saying again now is that each one of us is gifted. Mm -hmm. We found that truth affirmed in the first two biblical passages we considered, 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, and we find that truth repeated in a passage that we're going to look at today, 1 Peter chapter 4. In fact, here is 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Did you catch that, honey? With whatever gift each of you has received.
0: Yes, sir. I caught that. No Christian can say, I don't have any gifts. (laughs) I don't have anything to offer my church or my God.
1: Right. In this podcast, today's podcast, we want to introduce two other passages in the New Testament that refer to gifts. We want to examine Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4.
0: That's right. And why don't we organize our thoughts under what I'd call four big ideas? Good idea. Maybe we could take a look at Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 2 and organize four big ideas from those scriptures. Okay. What do you think?
1: Let's start with Ephesians 4. Here is Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 13. Okay. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, the first thing we want to notice in this passage, Ephesians 4, is that God has gifted his church. Well, in this text, Christ has gifted his church. means the same thing, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We want to notice that these gifts in Ephesians 4 are people. The gifts that Christ has given his people in this passage are individual Christians. Now, in Ephesians 12, no. In 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4, the gifts that are mentioned are endowments given to individual Christians by the Spirit, but in Ephesians 4, the gifts are people.
0: I absolutely love the thought that individual followers of Jesus are not only gifted, but that individuals themselves are gifts to the church. Yeah,
1: I like that too.
0: I mean, our brothers and sisters in Christ are gifts to us from God, Mm -hmm. and we don't often think about that. I, I really like that perspective. And before we go on to identify the specific gifts That Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, a point we want to draw listeners from the idea that individual Christians are God's gifts to us is this. We really need to see each other as gifts in the body, and we need to appreciate each other and be thankful for each other. Those people in the church that helped us grow in Christ, well, they're just gifts to us, and we should and do thank God for them. I agree. Where would we be without those people? I
1: agree. Now, the particular gifts that Paul mentions, and this too is surely not an exclusive list of gifts that God has given to us. The gifts that he mentions in Ephesians 4 are these, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. And by the way, most scholars believe that pastors and teachers refer to the same person, to one role. We might call them teaching pastors. Okay. So the first two gifts, apostles and prophets, these were likely gifts of the first century apostolic age. This is especially true if we're thinking of the 12 that followed Jesus and then became the pillars in the early church. On the other hand, perhaps the apostles Paul has in mind in Ephesians 4 should not be limited to the first century. After all, the term apostle has a broader meaning than just one of the 12. The term itself means one sent. Besides the 12, there were others who were called apostles. They were sent. I'm thinking of Paul and Barnabas, for example, in Acts chapter 14 and verse 14. Or of James, the brother of Jesus, in Galatians 1 and verse 19. And then there were Andronicus and Junia. In Romans 16 and verse 7, whom Paul calls apostles. This broader meaning for the word is likely analogous to missionaries, itinerant evangelists, or messengers from one church to another. You might want to see 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 23 and Philippians 2 and verse 25, where the word apostle may be translated messenger in your Bible. Well, The prophets of the apostolic age were those who spoke in the churches under the direct prompting of the Holy Spirit. These were those to whom God supernaturally revealed his will. However, the term prophet literally means or refers to someone who speaks for God. Modern day preachers could in one sense be called prophets because they speak for God. I suppose in one sense we could be thankful for the apostles and prophets of our own day and time, referring to those who are sent on a mission and those who speak for God.
0: Absolutely. Now we we could say that the second pair of gifts in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 11 especially, evangelists and pastor teachers or teaching pastors are required in each generation. We've got to have them. The church can never dispense with those who preach the gospel and bring men and women to a knowledge of the truth, nor can the church dispense with those who teach and guide others in the way of the truth, wouldn't you say? All right. Mm-hmm. Of course, many of our listeners will know that the pastor teachers are the churches shepherds they are the ones who tend the flock of god and who care for its well-being they are the same people who elsewhere are called elders and overseers and shouldn't we be thankful for the preachers and bible teachers and elders in our churches These people are gifts of God to his church today. And shouldn't we all express our gratitude and appreciation for those who labor among us, those evangelists and teaching pastors, and those that help us grow, help us grow. Well, we've said that the big idea number one is that the gifts in Ephesians 4 are people, and we should be thankful for each one of them. So let's move on to big idea number two, hon. Good
1: idea. Good idea. Well, that big idea, number two, has to do with the purpose of these gifts, the purpose of these particular individuals. So in verse 12 of Ephesians 4, Paul states that the gifts were given in order to equip God's people to do God's work. So theirs is an equipping role. They are not to be doing all of the church's ministry. Rather, they are to equip God's people to do ministry. Their function is to enable the members of the church to perform their purpose in the church for the good of the whole.
0: I think this is a really important one to talk about because we can say then that there are certain jobs in the church that evangelists and elders shouldn't be doing. Right? I agree. Right. We've known preachers and elders, for example, who tend to do all the work in a local church, doesn't this passage teach that it's the church's members who should be doing ministry, equipped by the elders, evangelists, prophets, and and apostles? Yes,
1: yes. Their role is to train,
0: to mm-hmm. equip.
1: I know ministers who probably need to say no regarding certain jobs in the church. I, I can't do those jobs. Willing to serve in any way called upon? Yes, they should be willing to serve in any way. But they uh, they also should realize that their role is to equip others for the work of ministry. Mm -hmm.
0: And that our role is not to ask them to do things that they could be equipping others to do. Good point. Because sometimes they're put on the spot and look like they don't want to serve if they don't want to hang around and lock up the doors or do things like that.
1: Yes, and they're conscientious. They often feel that if someone else is not going to do the job, it needs to be done, so I'll, I'll fill that role. I'll do it. But, you know, I think they should just learn to say no uh, and 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 that might encourage others to to take the mantle and do the work,
0: yeah, and I we do know that there are preachers and teachers and pastors and elders serving in places where no one will help. We get that true we're we're talking about places where others need to be taught and equipped and helped to grow so they can serve too. And when you think about it, we're really robbing people of being able to use their gifts if they're not equipped.
1: Yes, good.
0: okay. Well, uh, let's go on to the passage in 1 Peter 4. What do you say? I think we can find Big Ideas 3 and 4 there. I like it. Here is 1 Peter 4, and let's read uh, verses 10 and 11. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
1: Good. Here's the big idea number three, hun. It is that we Christians should be good stewards of the gifts that God has given us. Right. Now, the steward was the person in a household. Often that person was a slave who was responsible for managing the householder's business and property. So in Peter's view, a follower of Jesus is simply a household slave who has control over a certain part of God's property. In this text, that property are the gifts that God has loaned us. I think we should look at it this way. We are all administrators of that which belongs to God, including our gifts. So our gifts are not really ours. They are God's, which he has loaned us. We are responsible for if and how our gifts, well, God's gifts to us are used. And Peter says that we need to be good stewards of those gifts.
0: Mm -hmm. I think this is such a good reminder that nothing we own or possess is our own. We don't own it, really. Mm -hmm. Everything we possess belongs to God. That is true of our abilities, our gifts, and skills, too. A steward is answerable to his master for what he does with what belongs to his master. So we Christians are answerable to God for how we use the gifts he has entrusted to us. And, you know, I think this really gives us incentive to use the gifts God has given us and to use them efficiently and carefully. I was just, in reading these verses, I was reminded of when my parents were older, and I was the steward, not just of their medical health, but of all their finances, Mm -hmm. and boy was I careful. And it wasn't mine, and I knew it, and I needed to be responsible and care for that so that they could be cared for. Mm-hmm. And the incentive to do well was very high. And how much higher should our incentive be when the creator of the world gives us gifts to use on his behalf?
1: Well, then I like what you said, that we're, really we are answerable to him mm-hmm. for how we use those gifts. So as you were steward of your parents' possessions— and your, uh, their last days. Mm-hmm. You were really answerable to God for how you, how you used right. those finances. Yes, yeah. yes. Good point. Well, now in this passage, you know, 1 Peter 4, uh, Peter sees two broad classes of gifts. He talks about speaking and serving. In this context, the gift of speaking may refer to speaking in tongues, prophecy, teaching, and evangelism. I, I really don't believe he's referring to casual talk among Christians in this text but what Peter writes is that such speech is not to be simply his or her own good ideas but the very words of God Mm. and this refers to of course the words that God speaks so if a man has the duty of preaching let him preach not as a man offering his own opinions but as a man with a message from God
0: oh that's so well said I appreciate that
1: The other broad class of gifts is what he calls serving. And it probably covers all those deeds one Christian does to or for another, like care of the sick or care of the poor or other acts that express God's love and mercy in concrete, solid ways.
0: That's true. I think that gift of serving might include a great number of gifts, um, probably more than we can even think about right here, because it could include the gift of singing, singing, which is not mine, or visiting people and encouraging them. It could include care of the sick or of the poor, of those who are suffering, those who are distressed, those who are lonely. Those have, I mean, the list could go on. Or it it may include any number of acts that express God's love and mercy in concrete ways. It could be a multitude of things. The gift of serving may be a craft or skill which can be used in the practical service of the church, it may be a house which a person possesses or money which one has inherited. There is no gift which cannot be placed at the service of Christ and his church.
1: Amen. you say that. Amen.
0: Well, let's move on to big idea number four. Tell us about that one. Huh?
1: Okay. Big idea number four is taken from 1 Peter chapter four, and it is this. The aim of the use of our gifts is that God receives glory. And that's verse 11. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. Oh, there's a lot we could talk about there too. Yes. But here's the phrase we want to catch from verse 11. So that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. Once again, we note that the aim of it all is that God receives glory and honor. So. The preaching is not done to display the preacher, but to bring people face to face with God and to give him glory. The service is rendered not to bring thanks and prestige to the giver of it, but to help others.
0: I think we could talk a long time about those two sentences, too, that you just said. We sometimes get our ego in the way, whether we're preaching or teaching or serving, instead of Everything is humbly offered, so that God is honored,
1: right, you know, like like Paul, Peter believes here that such gifting is not for display, it's not for self glorification, no it's not even for personal development,
0: oh, good point, yeah,
1: rather, gifts are to be used for service, or as Paul would say, they're to be used for building up the body of Christ, first Corinthians chapter fourteen, for right. example,
0: in other words, we just don't use our gifts for self-gratification but only to bring glory to God. Well, the goal of all ministry is to bring glory to God, isn't it? But especially when we think how we're going to use our gifts. And we use our gifts to serve one another, and that's from verse 10. Gifts are to be used in the service of the community. And doesn't the church need every single gift that every follower of Jesus has?
1: No doubt. Well said. There's that encouragement once again to use the gifts that God has given us. Okay, hon, before we close, why don't you give our listeners a preview of the next episode in our series?
0: Okay. Now that we have discussed, listeners, what the New Testament has to say about gifts, we want to talk about how to identify one's gifts. That's a loaded one right there. We hope and trust the scriptures have encouraged all of us to use what God has given us for the church's good, but what if we don't know what our gifts are? What if we don't know if we even have any well if we don't we're going to have a difficult time finding our purpose in the body so in our next episode we want to begin a discussion of how to identify one's god-given gifts well thank you friends for joining us today and we hope to here to meet you up again next week and as we continue this series finding your purpose in the body of christ thanks again god bless you